0: Good morning everybody. Welcome to Dig Deep. I cannot believe it is our last week together this spring. I have loved, just love, love, loved our time together on Tuesday mornings. I was reflecting just over the last couple days on some of the highlights of this semester. For me, um, definitely one of the highlights that stands out was the panel discussion that we had. I don't know if you guys feel that way, but I just know that some of the things that those amazing women shared will stick with me for a really, really long time. And then another highlight, I was just thinking about all of the relationships that have been discussed um, and brought to the surface in my own life. I mean, from week one, we started talking about Joseph's relationships, and then last week, we talked about his relationships again, and over the course of the semester, just the relationships that women in my group have shared about and um, in my own life that have seen some steps of restoration being taken. I mean, that's just really, really powerful, really cool highlight for me. And then, of course, you know, I don't. I think I'll forever associate this series with Jelly Shoes. I just think for, for some reason, anytime I see Jelly Shoes, I will think about Dig Deep and our time together this semester. Um, but it's been a really, really rich semester for me. I hope that it's been a rich semester for you. As we are concluding this series out of the pit and really stepping back and looking at Joseph's life, I am reminded that in the New Testament, the writer of the book of Hebrews in chapter 11 talks about all of these men and women of faith who have really paved the way for us. Some people call that chapter the hall of faith, and both Jacob and Joseph are listed in that chapter. In verses 21 and 22, The writer of Hebrews says, By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. And as I read those verses, they remind me that these men live lives that were marked by worship and by blessing and providing for other people. And even as they're dying, they are worshiping God and they're seeing themselves in the bigger picture of God's story. Joseph is able to prophetically see the future, the exodus of the people out of Egypt, and he speaks that over his brothers and his sons and his grandchildren. And Jacob, before he dies, we read Two weeks ago, in our homework, he blesses all of his sons, including Joseph. And these blessings are really, they almost seem more like prophecies, more like things that he sees in their lives. And now he's saying, these are going to be things that mark your lives moving forward. Here's what the future looks like for you. And so I just want to read Jacob's blessing for Joseph as we conclude this series and reflect on all that we've learned. Jacob says in Genesis 49, starting in verse 22, Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over a wall. With bitterness, archers attacked him. They shot at him with hostility. But his bow remained steady. His strong arms stayed limber because the hand of the mighty one of Jacob, because of the shepherd, the rock of Israel, because of your father's God who helps you, because of the Almighty who blesses you, with blessings of the skies above, blessings of the deep springs below, blessings of the breast and womb. Your father's blessings are greater than the blessings of the ancient mountains, than the bounty of the age-old hills. Let all these rest on the head of Joseph, on the brow of the prince among his brothers." What a powerful blessing. And early on, Jacob gives us these two word pictures that describe Joseph. He talks about him being an archer. When, with bitterness, archers attacked him, but his bow remained steady, his arms stayed strong and limber but it's not because of his own strength. It's because of the hand of the mighty one of Jacob, because of the shepherd, the rock of Israel. And that's what we've seen, isn't it, in Joseph's life? That he has remained faithful. He's remained strong. Even in the most terrible of circumstances, he has had a steady hand. It's not because of his own strength, but because of his reliance on God's strength. And then this picture, the first one, That Jacob gives is the one that has really been sticking with me the last several weeks. I can't stop thinking about it. Jacob says, Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over the wall. And when I read that, it makes me think about a song that has been a really important song to me in the last year of life. It's called The Garden by Carrie Job. And she says in the first verse of that song, I had all but given up desperate for a sign from love. And I thought, that's how I felt when I've been in the pit. I had all but given up, desperate for a sign, any sign from God. And that's the way a lot of us feel when we're in the pit. It is so deep, it is so dark that we just want any ray of sunshine, any little glimpse that there is hope. And after she describes what it feels like to be in the pit, she eventually gets to the place where she says, Then I saw the garden. Hope had come to me to sweep away the ashes and wake me from my sleep. And in watching an interview with Carrie Job, I thought it was really cool to hear the story behind this song. She shared that she and her husband and their family were in a season of really deep, dark grief, and they had recently moved into a new house. And one day, it was early spring, and she walked out into the backyard, the backyard that they had been living in for months, but suddenly she noticed that a garden that she didn't even know was back there was starting to come to life. And the thing that struck her most was that there was this rich vine of ivy that was growing over a trellis and growing up over the walls and over other plants and just absolutely thriving. She says in the song, I can see the ivy reaching through the wall because you will stop at nothing to heal my broken soul. And I didn't even know this about the song until just recently. Like I said, it's been a meaningful song for me for about a year. But the grief that she and her husband were suffering under was the loss of her niece, whose middle name was Ivy. And so for her to step out into this backyard that had seemed completely dead, completely barren of life, and to see this rich vine of ivy, growing up out of the ground, growing over the fence, growing over the wall, it was this picture of hope. I can see the ivy reaching through the wall because you will stop at nothing to heal my broken soul. And that is the same picture that Jacob is giving us as he reflects on Joseph's life. Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over the wall. And so as we close this semester, I want us to close with that picture in mind, that no matter how deep, no matter how dark the pit can get, there is light at the top. Hold on to hope. Lift your eyes to look for what God is doing in the world around you. She goes on in the song to say, Faith is rising up like ivy, reaching for the light. Hope is stirring deep inside me, making all things right. Love is lifting me from sorrow, catching every tear, dispelling every lie and torment, crushing all my fears. And I love this song because it starts in a place of honesty. It's, she's honest about how deep and how dark and how painful the pit can be. But then she's also honest, in her search for God, and she challenges us to lift our eyes and look around us to see what God is doing, because he is up to something beautiful. The closing words of the song are, now I see redemption growing in the trees, the death and resurrection in every single seed. This picture really hits me, and it reminds me of um, the nature trail that runs um, by a river by my house, and it's one of the most common places that I run when I go running. And this semester, early on in the semester, I had just gotten back from a trip overseas to visit my friend, who I've told you about multiple times, who uh, lost her son a year ago. And... On this particular day in February, it was cold. It was kind of gray out, and I was running on the nature trail, and everything was brown. Everything was dead. And then it started to rain. And I got to tell you, I love the rain, but not in February. I don't, like, I don't like February rain at all. And it was raining, and everything was so dark, and I just started to cry. And, you know, crying while you're running is like a unique form of therapy. If you haven't tried it, you really should try it. And I just cried out to God, like we were just starting off our semester together and I just thought, why? I don't understand. My time with her had been, was so fresh and so raw. But I'll tell you, running on that same nature trail, even just in the last couple weeks, everything is in bloom right now. It's so fragrant. It's like overpowering, every single flower I think is blooming, everything is green. And I do see that in God's ways, that sometimes there are seasons of life that just seems like everything is dead. Everything is wrong, there's no hope for the future, but there is hope. And so if you are still in a season where you are in the deep dark pit and you feel like there is no hope, I wanna challenge you, I wanna encourage you to hold on to hope to look for hope, to lift your eyes and look around you for even just the tiniest little ray of sunlight, for the tiniest little bit of hope, and cling to it, hold on to it, and wait. Hold on and keep going, because I do think you will see new life and the beautiful things that God is doing. And even in Joseph's story, we see seeds being planted that Joseph didn't get to live to see fulfilled. We see seeds of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, all throughout Joseph's story. Stacia shared this with us a couple weeks ago. It's so beautiful to see God's heart already being sown for his people in and through the life of Joseph. Joseph is the son beloved by his father. He's betrayed By his brothers. He leaves his home. He lives his life as a servant. He is lowered into the deepest, darkest pit. And then he's raised again to a place of power. And he is raised to that place of power for the saving of many lives. And then he brings restoration between himself and the brothers, between the brothers and the father. And he saves many lives. How beautiful That Joseph's life gets to be a part of God's bigger story, the gospel story that has offered life to all of us. I just think that is so beautiful. So as we close the semester, let's pray together. God, thank you so much for this semester, for this series, for your word and for the truth that we find in the story of Joseph in his life. God, I thank you for your strength and your faithfulness that gave him the power to be strong and to be faithful and to continually reach toward hope, hope that led to the restoration of his relationships, hope that lifted him out of the pit like a branch of an ivy vine growing through the wall, growing over a wall. I thank you, God, that you've placed that kind of spirit inside of each one of us, that in your image we naturally want to move toward the light. We're looking for hope. We're desperate for hope. Please reveal yourself to us. Show us the beautiful things that you are doing in our lives and around us in this world. Show us the bigger picture, the bigger story of which of which we are just a small part. God, thank you for our time together. Thank you for those who are listening online and are a part of our community that way. We are so grateful. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.